Thanks for listening to our podcast. Our title sponsor is Peterson Toyota, the largest dealership in Northern Colorado for the past 50 years. Winter is coming. They've got a variety of great all-wheel drive vehicles available to get you around through the snow and the slush, like the Camry, the Highlander, the RAV4, and the 4Runner. Stop on in to check out their large inventory and great prices, and their staff will help you find the car or truck that is right for you. If you're in the market for any new or used vehicle, please give Peterson Toyota first shot at your business. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. I'm Joel Cantalamassa, joined by usual co-host Michael Rowe. And man, Mike, it has been an interesting week following the heartbreaking and maddening, if you ask me, 26-24 loss to Utah State. Everyone knows the scenario. Everyone saw it. Uh, but basically, Rams Rams really played poorly most of that game, but they stayed in it, and uh, they mounted a pretty impressive comeback late. They scored a touchdown with 3.30 left in the game uh, that pulled within two and then uh, forced a punt. I think they did give up a first down once uh, Utah State got the ball back. They got one, one first down but got off the field on the next set of downs, uh, got the ball back with 44 seconds left. Centeno looked like Joe Montana, just precision passing and just marched it down, you know, in 30 seconds, they got down in field goal range to the 25 inside the 25, I think. And, uh, and then, you know, then all mayhem broke loose and really what it came down to is the field goal unit was ready in case the, the offense didn't get a first down. Cause if they didn't get the first down, the clock wouldn't have stopped uh, for the chains reset and they just ran out. And the offense was looking like, oh, crap, I guess they're being sent in. Let's get off. And it was mayhem. And, guys, I, I don't know how there was not a false start. I don't know how there was not some sort of a penalty and a runoff where we didn't even get to, you know, there could have been a penalty. And then the clock runs off and we wouldn't yep. get shot, right? So that would have been even worse. Um, but, you know, he misses the kick. He had a uh, Caden Camper stutter stepped a couple times and missed the, the field goal by a foot. Um, and we'll talk about that and we'll talk about the reaction to that, you know, at the end of the day, Mike, to me, Adazio deserves hundred percent, 110% of the criticism for what went down. That was a terrible thing that could not happen, um, in a, in a situation that cost you a game, it cost you a chance most likely at winning the conference might cost you a chance at a bowl game. And this is a coach that you know, this, this was part of the, the requirements of Joe, Joe Parker to go after a coach that has head coaching experience. And he's got a lot of it, you know, and these are the kind of things you would hope to avoid by bringing a coach like that. And it's, you know, this is the kind of thing that we see happening that really are overshadowing some other good things that he's brought to the program. So, uh, but anyway, he, uh, he deserves all that criticism. Right. And, uh, but I do want to talk about, let's talk more about this game here for a little bit, but I do want to also address the so-called, you know, throwing the players under the bus and this outrage that has come across the, not just with our fan base, but like the nation, which I think it's a joke. But uh, what, what did you think about the game, Mike? I mean, we watched it together. We were at the sports sports book, which by the way, great, great venue. We had a great time watching it there, watching it on the big screen, the projector screen. And uh, I hope that the people sitting next to us, don't think less of me because I got a little 
little upset there at the end. I think I kicked a chair <laughs> and uh, stormed out essentially. But um, anyway, thought. What are your general thoughts on the game and what you saw? Wow. Um, I mean, you kind of hit everything on the head with with your description, and I don't know if we want to wait for specifics. Um, it was a tough loss, you know. To me, it felt like a, a program-changing win mm-hmm. that we didn't get. You know, that was – those kind of wins were what changed the program when McElwain was here. And those were the kinds of wins that we didn't get with Bobo. I mean, you you, you, you look at the Minnesota game, the, the CU game multiple CU games, uh, both Minnesota games, to be honest, with under Bobo. The the Boise game in 17, and those were games that we lost, and it really did change the tra- trajectory of, of the program. Um, I mean, as opposed to, like, going back to McElwain, when, when we beat, you know, Utah State on the last second field goal, where we, mm-hmm. you know, the – New Mexico Bowl. Everyone knows what happened there. Um, those were those were program changing wins, and I really felt that this could have been could have been that for CSU, and we didn't get it. We ju- we just didn't get it, and so I will say this: I like what I've been hearing uh, from the players. And, and if we and if we've seen anything from from this year, is is these kids are bought into to what Adazio is saying. Um, I mean, they could have completely folded up after that Vandy game and and going in as as two touchdown dogs to Toledo and, and really just beating them up, and then three touchdown dogs to to Iowa and you know, going toe to toe with them and then beating the, beating the defending Mountain West champs. So this, this isn't a group of kids that are going to give up in, in, with a top, tough loss like that. But again, it, it just, it, it could have done so much more for CSU had we won that game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing, and I, I don't want to forget to talk about this, but I thought the officiating in this game was 100% atrocious. And I had a few drinks as I watched the game and I try not to do this during game, but I fired off a few tweets to the Mount West conference telling them how bad their officiating crew was that night. You know, if I, off the top of my head, there was a roughing the passer that was suspect, you know, it's a, it's a split second. The guy just releases the ball. What are you supposed to do? You know, what if the guy ends up tucking that ball, you know, he pumps and, doesn't throw it and what we back off. You, you can't decide something that quick. He's going full steam. You just, you just can't, um, you know, and then, and then there's the, the CSU, we had an interception on the sideline. Do you remember that? That yep. wasn't even like debated in the replay. They didn't even show a replay, but the actual live shot of it, he looked pretty darn close. And I kept saying, show the replay or review this thing. It's a change of possession. It's gotta be reviewed. And, and they, they didn't review that. So who knows? I mean, it looked like the toe was near the line. It at least should have been looked at. 
um, there was a Utah State touchdown where the receiver's toe was on the side. They did not, not review that. That's a scoring play. How do you not review that? Yeah. You know, and I don't know why we didn't challenge it, but, you know, I, I, I just I can't even explain it. Why It's a scoring play. That has to be reviewed. Um, you know, and then there was a PI on Marshawn Cameron, who seems to be just a magnet for, for these calls. But even the announcer said it was a bad call. I mean, it was, it was terrible. I thought overall okay. it was a terribly officiated side. That being said, it's not on the officiating. We made way too many mistakes, you know, six offsides. I don't, that, that didn't even count the, that doesn't even count the, the one that was on the, uh, the PI, there was a PI that was, was enforced. And then there was one on a TD that was declined. So I think we had eight offsides, six that were actually accepted. What the hell were we doing? Um, You know, at the same time, you could say, I mean, you know, being a Broncos fan, being a Broncos season ticket holder, like I am, (laughs) A little inside on that, um, but uh, I know that. you know, watch, watching Von Miller so much over the last few years, you know, that's kind of his bread and butter, and, and he, it's it's not uncommon for him to get one, two, three offsides a game, just because he really is trying to time that, trying to time that snap and get in the backfield. I didn't have too much of a problem with that, but yes, you, when you talk about the overall thing and and the penalties and I mean, what do we have like 10 for hundred some yards? yards yep. You know, and you can't, you can't do that. You nine. can't do nine. that. And you're right. I mean, what do we have? We had four turnovers in the first half. Um, all the penalties, the mistakes that we had. And though what's bothersome is despite all that, we had a shot to win. Yeah. Well, and, and it wasn't, you know, the PIs, you can imagine a few happening. And, uh, but the problem is, is a couple of them came really at bad times. One gave a first down. Um, one gave a free shot at the end zone. Bonner, you know, he knew there was an offside. So we threw the ball up and that resulted in a touchdown. I mean, those are, there's a big swing right there, you know, yep. in the game. You lose by two points. So, you know, they had eight sacks. We had eight sacks. It, you, you, it's, you don't want to pin the loss on the defense. They, they did their job, but there was, it just goes to show you that we're, we're playing really sloppy right now still. And uh, you know, that's one of the things that, that I really wanted to see cleaned up by this, this coaching staff, you know, it's one of the things that Adazio preaches is this disciplined football. And, you know, he's also, he's, he's got other traits that are, that are succeeding um, physicality, running the football, He's trying to groom this offensive line, but, you know, we've been so banged up and they're shifting guys so much. I thought they were serviceable in the game despite despite that. But so we're seeing a lot of good things, but, you know, I see a lot of things that quite frankly are overshadowing the progress that this team has. And, you know, I think it's been easy for our fan base to, to take those negatives and run with them and ignore the progress. I mean, look at, look at what we were left with Bobo. I mean, the guy, we we melt we folded in every game against a quality opponent. That has not been the case in this new regime. Nope. We we quit in some games. You know, I, I wasn't a big thing under Bobo, but I think towards the end, uh, I think he had lost his team. There were too many clicks. You knew that uh, they did not have great team camaraderie, and um, they were sloppy as hell in all phases. And um, you know, and they were 
the probably the least physical team I've ever seen. I mean, they just got pushed around constantly. So all those things have been addressed and fixed, except for we're still seeing a lot of these, these sloppy mistakes. And, you know, there was a quote uh, by the Denver Post, which is a funny thing in and of itself, because just a few weeks ago, the same columnist, uh, Sean Keeler, was praising Adazio and, and how, how good uh, or how, how much better or this is the right direction of a program as opposed to what CU is doing. You know, and then all of a sudden, two weeks later, <laughs> Adazio is the devil and he, and he's, he's, uh, what did he say? He said he is over his head, I think was the quote. So, but the Denver Post made a point, you know, Adazio coach teams are nine and 18 in games decided by six points or fewer since 2013. And then in the last three years, since 2018, they're 0 and six in games decided by six points or fewer. And, you know, a team that is sharper is not making those small mistakes that continue to add up is going to win more than, they're not going to go in six in those games if you're doing the things right. So I think that a lack of attention to detail is, has been, has been a difference. And I think it's really baffling to me. I posted this on the board, you know, the day after the game, you know, I, I start thinking about like, why are all of our third quarters such garbage? I mean, we, so I, I looked it up. We've, we averaged four points in the third quarter, Jesus, an average of four points in the third, in the third quarter. We've been held scoreless in four of the seven third quarters, so far this year in 23 total possessions in the third quarter. And these are full possessions, not ones that span to a fourth quarter. So I took all those out. We have only two offensive touchdowns. We have three field goals. We've scored on five of 23 third quarter possessions. We've had eight, three and outs, two turnovers and one turnover on downs. And then seven, seven other drives that resulted in punts. You know, they might've picked up a first down or two, but they, we didn't score. We, we punted. So I don't know what the heck is going on in third quarters, but yeah, you'd like well, to for, for, for whatever reason, we refuse to defer. And so we're always receiving to start the game. And it's, and it just seems like every freaking every game, you know, we start off that third quarter and whoever we play, they get the ball first and they just take like a seven, eight, nine minute drive. It just feels like, Mm-hmm. You know, and, and then it seems like, boom, then we go three and out. Like, what, what do we have? Like 10 plays in the third quarter Friday night? I mean, we hardly had the ball at all on Friday um, during that third quarter. And it just, oh, it was just painful. I mean, it was, it, and it has been, I mean, you're right. It has been that way all season long. Like the third quarter is just. I mean, that was South Dakota State used that to, to blow open the lead, especially when we were had momentum kind of going into the into the half and started driving to to in that third quarter. I think what we got a three and out and then boom, fumble and game over there. And then I mean again, we I mean we don't have to rehash what happened in Iowa, but we, we know what happened there in the third quarter. Yep. It's definitely difficult. It's it's and it kind of goes back to with Bobo too. It, it was just like what what I don't know what they do at halftime. Like what what's mixed in the Gatorade? <laughs> it just seems like everyone just comes out slow. It's almost. I mean, I think Justin Michael he asked something about this. Um, maybe it was in Monday's press conference. I can't remember, but you know, he said when you look at how the offense has shown when you play with that uh, almost that that really high tempo, especially that urgency at the end of a game. 
and they they really execute at a high level, why are we not at least mixing something like that in a drive or two here or there in other parts of the game, especially when you're kind of stagnant? And and uh, I, I don't feel like Adazio gave a good answer to it, but it, maybe in the third quarter, maybe we do start with a, a quick tempo and and try yeah. to try to change something up because the, they when they go with some urgency, they seem to to really execute and. You know, when you really most of the game on Friday night, we we struggled. I mean, we uh, David Bailey was good. What do you have? He had his best game as a Ram. I know that 100 plus 140 yards, maybe rushing. And and uh, so they're able to run the ball. Right. But we just again, we we just could not um, we just couldn't put drives away. I just felt like it was a frustrating offensive night for the most part, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you've got 44 seconds or actually with the three minutes or, you know, four minutes left in the game, we marched right down, got that quick touchdown. We looked, we looked like world beaters on offense. And then yeah. the 44 seconds, we, we drove, you know, 60 yards and gotten field goal range in 30 seconds. So, I mean, I don't know. It's something that's strange, but you know, the other thing with Adazio is he seems a little bit stubborn and, and not, not uh, acknowledging that there's some special teams issues in, He's the guy. He's the guy that oversees special teams. We have a quality control special teams coach, but he's the guy that oversees special teams. And we've seen some lackluster special teams last year. I mean, the Boise game was an absolute disgrace. I've never seen anything as disgraceful as that. Uh, and then this year we've had some, some major gaffes and we had a couple good performances where a punter was good or the field goal unit was good. Um, but overall, we're still seeing some bad mistakes, big kickoffs at bad times, not, not recovering, you know, the pooch, the pooch kickoff, which he basically, Adazio basically said that there wasn't much we could do there. It was just a perfectly placed kick. And after watching the replay, you know, there was a guy uh, who I'm trying to think who it was, but anyway, he, he missed nudging the, the guy, the flyer down the field. And he just got all, went all the way down, recovered the ball untouched. Um, you know, that's a, that's not necessarily just on the placement of the kick. It's not doing our job on the field. So there's a lot of those things. And I think that if we would have had a, a dedicated special teams coach at the end of that game, having his unit right there as he stands there, he tells them we're going or we're not going. You, you know, he's, he's right there. And, and I don't know, did we have a coach there? I don't know. Was it the special teams quality control coach that was there that was supposed to be there and telling them when to go on and off? Certainly not. not someone did not do their job there. And he, Adazio is he's too, there's too much stuff in the game that he's got to oversee. I don't like that he's not able to solely focus on special teams. And I would love to see that address. I mean, not mid season, or, you know, maybe you do promote someone to, to take more of a role during the season, but in the off season, I'd like to see them address this and say, Hey, my hands are going to be off of this. There's too much for me to, to oversee, you know? And I think that that in particular ticks me off because it's the same thing, kind of Bobo special teams were garbage. Right. Yep. And, and, and those are special teams, but good special teams like we saw under Sonny can win you games. And they did win us so many games and they, they flipped games when when things weren't going well. And, you know, it, that aside and the mistakes aside, you know, I think that he's bringing stuff to this program. And a lot of our fans aren't acknowledging this, but I love a defense first attitude. You know, a defense wins championships philosophy. I love the fact that they want to run the ball and be physical between the tackles. I love the fact that they are promoting this physicality and we're a tough team because we've not been that for a long time. These are traits of good teams in, in a style of, 
of football that I think can bring sustained winning. We're just, we're not seeing it. We're three and four because there's been too many mistakes in the special teams gaffes as well. So I don't know. I, I think so, people have been hard on Adazio, but I, I think they're ignoring some of the good as well. I mean, you're right. And, and obviously I, w- I want to talk about the special teams part. And I, then I do want to fi- finish this, especially last week's game up on the positive end. Yeah. So, I mean, most of our listeners, most people on the board know that I've coached and taught for a long time. I'm, I'm 46. I have been coaching and or teaching since I was 16. So for the last 30 years now, I get it. Like every one of these football coaches, and I've said it many times on the board, they, I mean, they literally piss more knowledge every morning when they wake up than I have about football. So I'm not going to sit here and say that like I, I, I would do better and I know more and, and that stuff. I, Cause I don't, I do know how to coach though. And you know, when I, when I was coaching football at the high school level, we didn't have a budget like CSU does. We didn't have a coaching staff like CSU does. So we didn't have a set special teams coach, but we had somebody assigned. And whenever I was, you know, my second year, I was up in the booth with, with the headset on third year. I was the game day defensive coordinator on second down. I was yelling at that guy to get the punt team ready to get the punt return team ready. Whenever the offense had the ball, I was over there talking to our, to our return teams. When we gave up a a touchdown, I was there with our kickoff teams. When we scored a touchdown, I was there with our kickoff with our kick return uh, kickoff team. There was somebody always there. And for CSU, in a situation where we know with four minutes left that we have to score a touchdown, we have to go three and out, and then we have to drive into field goal range, for that not to have been hammered into into the players. Hey, we get a first down. We're spiking it. We are taking our time to set up. I don't get how that wasn't done. And for him to say, for Coach Adazio to say, the kids just took off, and Scott Patchen said it too, then who has control of the, on the players? You know, you talked about the throwing them under the bus. I, I know he under, I understand that he went on and said, you know, that, that's on me, that's on me, I needed to take care of it. You already put it out. That's, that's the breaking up with somebody and saying, it's not you, it's me. Everyone knows <laughs> – Everyone knows who, what it's about, you know, for him to, to say that about the players, they just did it on their own. And then, Oh, well, it's on me. You, it already, the cat's already out of the bag. You already said it. And it, uh, it was just so frustrating because there were so many things that went well that game and we blew it because of special teams. Now you look at the last two years. I mean, everyone can say we could throw out the COVID year, but you look at that Boise state game that you just talked about. What we had a, a block, two block punts for a touchdown, right? And a block kick, uh, like that was returned 80 some yards for a touchdown, all in the first quarter, right? You know, this was all special teams. You go back to the San Diego State game last year. We actually beat them up that game. But what happened? We gave up two, two returns for touchdowns and lost. Yeah. You know, I've already talked about the South Dakota State game, the missed field goals you know, to, to end the half that, that when we were getting our momentum back, I talked about the 
Vandy game, missed field goals that would have buried Vandy 20 to nothing in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, people don't probably don't remember this. The Toledo game first half, we muffed a punt. They got it. Now, luckily our defense held them, but they, they, that was how they scored one of their field goals. Yeah. That was huge. That could have been huge. Now we blew them out in the, in the second half. And, and yes, we had, we did have a punt return for a touchdown that game, but our special teams kept Toledo in that game. South Dakota State, we had a muff punt. Or, sorry, sorry, San Jose State, we had a muff punt. Didn't didn't hurt, you know. Yeah, yeah you're right, two muff punts. That's right. You know, and, and yes, I think we recovered, we recovered them both. But, again, those could have been game-changing. The New Mexico game, they had no business being on the same field as us. We destroyed them. It was a close game at halftime. Why? Because we gave up a punt return. You watch that play, everybody over-pursued, and as soon as he cut back, went across the grain, he was gone. There was nobody there that should have been there. And then Friday night, muff punt. That was a horrible call. Thank you, Mountain West, the officials, the one call we got right. that we got in our favor. We muffed a punt, and they called an interference that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, then in the half, you know what's funny? Like – I still play NCAA 2014 on EA Sports. And Brad Nessler and, and Kurt Herbstreit, they talk about anytime there's a kickoff right before half the first half, they literally say on it, they're like, no way that they're going to kick it to this returner to give them a play. <laughs> How CSU didn't have that set up. Yeah. One person back and everybody else up. For that reason, and you watch that play, you talked about how the one guy missed missed the, the flyer on the outside. Yeah. Watch the guy that it landed in front of. He was completely lost. Yeah, he just I, stood, I he, he froze. Acted slow, yeah. He just froze and like had no clue how that entire team wasn't told, like, hey, there's no way they're gonna kick it, they're gonna kick it to our returner. You know, and even if you put everybody out up and they do decide to pooch it. To, to pump it up, he can call a fair catch and we still get the ball of the 25. Anywhere inside that 25-yard line, he calls a fair catch, catches it. We get it up there. Like, it was those mistakes. And then, and then, I mean, how do you not have a defensive coach standing there with the kick, with the kick team? Yeah. In front of Somebody. him, not even with his, with his back to the field, holding them up and yeah. telling them, wait, right. wait. Wait, like it just, it blows my mind. Like I just, a poor ass high school like Inglewood where I coached, we didn't make those mistakes with probably a quarter of the coaches. It just, it, 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 it gets me so yeah. pissed off. Like, I just don't get it. I don't get the ego that Bobo had, that Adazio has that they don't feel like they need a special teams coach. You brought it up. How many games did under Sonny, did we get that block kick? Yeah. Close game at the end. We get a hand on the ball. We win the game. Block, How many punt block, returns block did we get back? Against UNLV all those years ago, or is that what it was against that? Yep. Save the game. Retin yeah. I think it was. Anyway. Yep. You know, yeah. So I, 100%, he deserves – hundred percent of the criticism for, for that instance, there's no way in heck that that should happen. 
there's no way in heck a, a staff that of this experience should let something like that happen. There's this, there's no, it's inexcusable. There's no possible excuse that can explain it. I wish after the game, he would have said, look, I have no idea what just happened there. Quite honestly. Um, ultimately it's on me and just left it at that. He said, we'll look at the film. You know, if we look, look at the film and figure it out, or we'll talk about it afterwards. We'll let you know. But he was asked, he was asked, he happened right after he, you know, as soon as we got, as soon as I have the bar, I logged into the zoom call and the, the media press conference. And, and I wanted to hear what the explanation was. And he was asked, he answered exactly what he saw. Um, he should have gone with that option. I just told you, but he didn't, he said, you know, yeah. they ran on the field. We didn't send, no one sent them. So if he's telling the truth there, I do, it, it's not, it's, I don't, I don't see how storing the players on the bus. He said they ran out. And then he added that they, you know, ultimately it's, it's on him. It's on him. He needed to anticipate that happening. He needed to be, you know, have it control the situation, whatever he, he talked about the protocols that he added this week um, to make sure that never happens again. You know, he said, basically that stuff should have been taken care of and it, it wasn't right. And my problem is I saw just this firestorm, not just from our own fans, which that's one thing, but the national media that hopped on this, you know, this, very contagious and hey let's all just drive adazio and the csu football team into the dirt you know he i think i think part of the problem i posted this on the board this week was you know you had two of the the local papers covering the game in their post game story only gave the initial quote that he gave the very beginning when he said no one sent them out there but they went that happened whatever and they did not add the follow-up quote that it is on me. It's on me. It's my responsibility. And so if you only read that, that story, which I am guessing most of our fans did, of course, that's, it looks bad. It looks like you threw him under the bus, but he, he did go on and say, you know, it was on me. So, you know, most of these guys that are showing on our message boards that are showing all this fake anger, if you ask me, it's faux anger. Uh, these guys MF our own players all the time. Oh, but, our coach says one thing and you're going to just use that to, to continue your narrative about what a terrible coach he is. That, that's what, that what, that's what drove me crazy. Right. I mean, it drives me crazy that our fans, so many of our fans, not all of them, but a lot of our fans eat their own. It's no secret that he wasn't a popular hire. Heck I didn't love the hire. You know, I had to be talked off the ledge, quite honestly. I didn't, <laughs> love, I didn't love it, but I started liking it. You know, I started liking what he was bringing. I actually like listening to him in post-game interviews, which is probably going to change now. He's probably not going to be quite as honest. I, I like the way he talks. I like the way he articulates things. I like the way he leads. Um, and, and it's not just me. me. I mean, you listen to uh, Scott Patchen on his own show on the, on the Brady Hulls, um show once a week, once a week on Mondays, he came out and said, you know, that, it was not coach's fault, you know, which is, that's, that's what he's going to say. He's backing him up, but he's like, the players did go on their own. We have to be more disciplined. Obviously I disagree with that. Yes, they do. But the coach is yeah. it's his fault. Um, and he also thought that the the uproar was, was also terrible. was dumb, you know? And he's like, we've got our coaches back. We love our coach. We know how he feels about us. So it's not just me, you know, it's not, and I, Believe me, you you heard me speaking during the game how mad I was and upset the coaching staff and and everything. But I just think our we just jump off the deep end so easily, and that's just kind of society these days. Is it's so easy to want to just bury someone, and you know it makes us feel better when something goes wrong and things go wrong with CSU a lot that just continue to crush our soul. 
it's it just somehow makes you feel better to just shred someone for it and you got to have someone to blame right and I, I just think it's stupid you know I, I i thought that the sean keeler in the media the other day was a perfect example like i said he he praised adazio and how he's building this program and how they are in a much better spot than cu and then and then on on sunday or saturday i guess it was you know, he's writing how he's over his head and Vic Fangio is saying, hold my beer, you know, whatever. So um, yeah. it, I just think that people are so extreme. It's crazy. Now, that being said, I don't know how you feel about this, but I can see why they're butt hurt over how the media reacted. But you you can't ban the media, bro. You, you, you cannot block out. I don't like that at all. However, whatever cover they want to use, say hey, we want to focus on the game, make sure we win the game. Great. But you don't cover, you don't, you don't block out the media. And I say that because I spent a lot of my life as a media member, you know, it's, it's, it's a part of the job. You just don't block out the media. They're trying to cover your program. And this goes beyond my feelings on this go beyond just this week. I feel like, you know, I've heard things, you know, the way that they've dealt with Brady Hall, Brady, and part of this is because Learfield, you know, they, they block him. He's not the main, he's not the official, um, network of the Rams, right? He's not on the official, he's not the official um, station of the Rams. In fact, he's the official network of the UNC Bears, right? So they don't yep. want to feel like we're associated with that. But here's a guy that wants to do live broadcasts from spring game or spring practice, you know, just show a presence there. And he's being denied, you know, because, you know, God, I love 102.9 for carrying our games and carrying the coaches shows. That's all they do. They're a hip hop station, right? Yeah. He's talking about our program every day. They're not. The other network is not. So I don't know why you would ever not bend over backwards. If someone's trying to cover you and provide coverage of your program, why would you not go, go all out? You know, I, I, I'll never understand that. And for the life of me, will not understand that. And you just, I don't know. I don't think dealing with this, you know, it, yes, he got screwed. I mean, he came here and immediately was under investigation and this freaking witch hunt that the Colorado one had on him uh, and just the program in general. And now something is all these comments being twisted like that. Uh, I would be like, you know, this is BS. Uh, I would be tempted to say, screw them all. I'm no one's coming to our practice. No one. We're not doing any press conferences this week. But at the end of the day, you, I, I don't believe you do that. You just can't do that. That's part of the job. I don't I don't have any problems. Any other time, if we're placed, if we're facing a Boise, if we're facing a CU or an Air Force, whatever, Wyoming, of like, hey, you know, we're going to black out the media this week. It's such bad optics right now, though. Just such bad optics. You know, he gets lit up locally and nationally. I mean, somebody was showing old highlights from Boston College games where where they completely mismanaged the clock and lost the game when they were supposed to, when they should have spiked it. Again, it's just bad optics. At the end of the day, I don't have any problems this week, but the other issue and, and, you know, we all love Mike Brohard. He's freaking amazing at what he does, but then they have all these pieces coming from him that are CSU. Obviously he works for CSU and, does an amazing job. And, and again, I, I absolutely love reading everything he does, but to have a media blockout, then he, he's doing, he's doing articles every day on, on this player and that player. It, it, again, it's just bad optics to me. 
Um, I, I don't disagree with with Adazio circling the wagons, uh, especially this week. Uh, I think this is a must-win game, so I don't have I don't have any problems with that. But it is bad optics, and he needs to he needs to understand that, and he needs to address it come Saturday night, mm-hmm. Monday afternoon next week. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, Mike, and I think all will be forgiven, and fans will be happy, and uh, if you win the game, if you lose the game, this could spiral, right? I mean, you know, I I'm I'm we're all disappointed we're sitting here three and four because quite honestly we should be five and two. I mean, yep. If not six and one, we should be. Yeah. I mean, that's not counting the Iowa game, which was there for the taking for sure. And, um, you know, it's not counting San Diego or South Dakota state, which got off to a good start and then just kind of folded and on some missed opportunities there. But I get the sense that the team, like I said, is bought in. I think there's team camaraderie. I think that they are still on a mission. It hasn't gone the way we want, but, I expect to see a really strong finish to the season. I mean, I I do feel like we're going to beat Boise state. I feel like this is finally the year that we do it. I think we're at least going to go to a bowl game, Um, you know, but if we fail to get to a bowl or, you know, or, or even tank, which would be worse, you know, I'll obviously change my tune because with this team, you know, with the, with the guys that we have, like the McBrides with the defense that we have, you don't get to a bowl game. That's an indictment on your, on your coaching staff. And there's a, there's a team in place here that should have, should get to six wins. Right. And there's for sure no question in my mind. So that would be a major failure. Um, You know, and, and I think that the, the schedule, you know, some of the toughest games on our schedule still are left, but they're at home air force, Nevada, air force, Nevada, both really good teams. We get them at home Um, Boise, you get them at home. Um, you know, so there's there's going to be a couple swing games there that you're going to have to win. Uh, you're going to have to go on the islands and, and beat Hawaii, which playing in front of no fans in Hawaii, beautiful weather, beach, you know, it's easy to get lulled to sleep there. Um, yeah. That's scary. Uh, who else do we have still? And at, and at Wyoming. And at Wyoming, at the border war. So that's always going to be a hornet's nest. And Exactly. They, they just, they boy, just they, made a switch quarterback. They went well, with their starter from last year. They did. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So they were absolute garbage against New Mexico last week. Um, yeah, we'll see if that that switch kind of sparks them. But, you know, you got to like your chances against them. But you never know. I mean, it's so I, I think that there there's an opportunity here. Um, you know, I think there's going to be a good crowd, Mike. I think you know, I reached out to Chris Ferris and they're they're hoping for around 30,000. I think he's, he's comfortable to get around that, which is less than we've had, yeah. but you know, I, that just goes to show. I mean, we've had great fan support. We've had great student support. I think the students are going to be there at least for a half. We'll see how the game goes, but you know, they, th- I think that's part of the missed opportunity. You, you go to four and three instead of three and four and you just come off a, you know, an exciting win, a last minute field goal to win the game. And you got Boise coming yep. to town who you've never beat. I mean, people are going to be, you know, ready to explode. And, and so we kind of miss that opportunity. That's probably a good swing of a few thousand fans. And yeah, that's kind of what you're seeing. All right. Let me pause real quick to encourage you to visit Ginger and Baker. It will quickly become your favorite place to dine in all of Fort Collins. The drinks, the food, the atmosphere, they're unparalleled. If you ask me, try the cafe for some unbelievable dinners like the mac and cheese. It's ridiculous. The chicken pot pie or the very popular cafe fall favorite, shrimp, andouille, tomato sauce, and cheesy grits. Great fall dish. 
The cache is a little more fancy upstairs. They've got the steaks, the chops, amazing dining. I can't recommend this place enough. National Pumpkin Pie Day was this week, earlier this week. Reminds me that you can already start placing your pie orders for Thanksgiving. So do that. Support these guys. Support Ginger Graham. Stop on into Ginger and Baker, my favorite restaurant in all of Fort Collins. So I do want to I do want to talk about the positives from from Friday night. I mean, kind of ripped Adazio and, and special teams play. Again, this defense is great. Mm-hmm. They are great. You know, all all we heard for the last few weeks was, you know, Bonner's just such a great quarterback, you know, Bonner. And those wide receivers, they're just blowing everybody up. They're, he's averaging 470 yards a game. And, you know, our our defensive backs are young. And we got to walk on getting serious time and freshmen. And he's just going to eat us up. He's just going to do this. He was 17 for 31 for 230. They rushed for 130 yards. We beat them up. We held them to 360 yards total offense, total offense on Friday night. We beat them up. He's I'm sure he's still seeing ghosts is stealing one from Sam Darnold. We beat him up. We were back there. They couldn't run on us. Our defense is good. Our defense is really good. And, and I and I think we're going to that's going to be why we beat Boise State. But our defense is good, and it showed us. It showed against Utah State. You know, without without those turnovers in that first half, like we we blow them out of the water. You know, they it was we have bad turnovers, and, and and that cost us. But our defense looked great. And then again, Toddy. I mean, our off like literally our offense. Toddy threw for for two ninety, I think, or two eighty, and we rushed for one ninety. We put up 470 yards total offense. You do that, you should win a game. You should win the game. Um, Toddy looked good. He had that horrible pick in the first half. You know, we 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 both saw it together. You watched it. He kind of it looked like he got lost behind the line and threw it to a spot, hoping that the receiver was there and he wasn't. But after that, I mean, he really did start picking up picking them apart. Our third down offense was great. I love the different formations. I love the different sets, the different calls that uh, that our OC was was sending out there. Like I was very impressed with with the play calling. Now, you know, unfortunately, we were at third and third and long a lot, but we were converting. I mean, we were converting those in, and I like that. I I mean, you said it earlier. You, you know, it'd be great if we could, you know, kind of have that urgency. That we that we we saw, you know, Friday night in the fourth quarter. We started seeing that in the third quarter as well. Toddy had a chance to go down, <laughs> you know, as a CSU grade on Friday, and it, and it just sucks that he didn't, that we didn't get that win because that would have been, I mean, that would have been better than Grayson's win against Utah State at Hughes when we rushed the field. Yeah, um, I mean, shit, it would have been close to Moses's. Yeah. Not quite there. Not quite there. No, you know, Moses, Moses against, you know, against Air Force. That's the kind of stuff that that we talk about, that we love about Bradley Van Pelt. And Centeno's doing it right now. You know, we gave we gave Adazio and, and 
we gave them a lot of crap, you know, in the off season when he was talking up, when they were talking up Tebow and Russell Wilson. And you know what? He's, he's the poor man version of that. Yeah. Toddy's doing it. He's playing better. He's playing well. So what, uh, so can you, you think we can expect him to play that well against Boise state who they're a little maligned on their, their offensive line. They've, they've struggled a little bit up front. Um, their offense in general hasn't been what we normally see out of a Boise state team, but their defense is still pretty, pretty darn good. You know, I mean, say what you will. I did watch that game. The, uh, the UCF game that they opened the season with, I watched that from start to finish and they, they got off to such a good start and then just watched it fade. And really they kind of, they did get outplayed and they deserved to lose, but um, they, that was a game they should have won on the road against UCF. Oklahoma State, they were right there also. That's a team that's been undefeated, right? So they were right there in that game. So they, they obviously can play. They obviously still have some of that uh, Boise State mystique, but um, for whatever reason, I don't maybe maybe their their new coach doesn't quite isn't quite, you know, doesn't isn't quite the difference maker that their previous staffs have been. I, I don't know, but something's a little different with that team. And hopefully this is a game that CSU can exploit that. I mean, this, if you've ever felt good about a game playing Boise state, this is one that you feel like you can win. You know, they're averaging eight, around 80 yards a game rushing. Uh, I mean, you said it, their, their offensive lines banged up. I've watched, I've watched some of their games. Uh, I mean, bits and pieces. I haven't watched the full game this season, but you know, I know I was watching that air force game two weeks ago. Uh, is out at the same time that CSU New Mexico was. It was on one of the TVs, and it's not the same Boise State on offense. Yeah, I think our I think our offense is finding its stride. Our running backs are are just hitting. And again, we talked about Dante Wright. Just you know what a what a big addition he is coming back, and he he has some huge he has some huge third down catches last week. Mm-hmm. Um, just him getting back to game speed. God, I hate even saying it. It, it comes, it's going to come down to special teams, <laughs> you know, it, but you know, if our, if our defense does its job as, as I think we, we will, as, as we have been outside the first game, our defense has beaten everybody up. There's zero reason why we shouldn't win on Saturday. Yeah. Convincing, convincingly too. Yeah. Can't have two first half turnovers, right? You got to take care of the ball. Um, you know, I think Hank Bachmeyer, Bach- he does a good job getting, getting the ball out of his hands quickly. So, you know, I, I think that our defensive line is going to be a little more challenged in getting those sacks, but you got to, you got to hurry him, hurry him into making bad decisions, you know, force him out of the pocket. You know, he's, I've been impressed with him at times and also like, what the, what was that game from yeah. him? You know, and, um, so you, you never know what you're going to get, but you know, they got a really good, obviously wide receiver that's uh, a weapon and our secondary is getting better, but still suspect. And, um, you know, our, that front seven is going to have to, to really dictate the game. We're going to have to run the ball and, and, uh, eat clock, I think. And I would love to see us just put together a clinic, just put it on a team and just put it on Boise and make a statement. I would love to see it but I'd also take a one point heart wrenching field goal at the buzzer win, you know, I don't actually know if I could take that, but um, 
but I would as, take as any- long as we have a timeout. As long as we have a timeout. Yeah, no kidding. All right, pausing real quick. Let me tell you about Mighty River Brewing Company, a great sponsor of ours, a great supporter of ours. Would love if our fans supported them. They've got 15 beers on tap, including the Riverfest Marzen. They've got $5 beers on Mondays and Tuesdays, brewery bingo with prizes like free beer, coupons, gift cards from local merchants, plus food trucks that come through regularly throughout the week, like the Angry Hippie Taco Truck, Chalkboard Express, Mile High Lobster Shack, and many more. They got live music several nights a week. Stop on in and say hi to Dan Miller, longtime Ram Nationer, great CSU Ram fan. And don't forget to show Ram Nation on your phone. Get a dollar off your beers. Support these guys. Great guys. Great business. Great beer. Mighty River Brewing Company. Yeah. So, I mean, you're expecting a win. I'm, I'm expecting a win. Program desperately needs a win. And uh, I think uh, it'll be interesting to talk to. We talked to Joe Parker on Monday again as our month, monthly uh, November 1st. We'll be talking to him. Yeah. So we'll have that podcast up for you early next week. And, and uh, we'll have to ask him, you know, a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about today and blocking out the media. And, and hopefully we're talking about a win over Boise State and, you know, what that means. And, you know, hopefully for, hopefully for good crowds the rest of the way. We do have a game on Thanksgiving weekend, which is going to kill our attendance numbers probably. But um, overall, been so impressed with the fan support this year. And uh, especially the students. I mean, I think what would they say? We're averaging about 12,000 students. Yeah. We've never, ever had that. And this has been for, for three straight home games. Yeah. Had that. And they've been loud. They've set the kind of the tone in the, in the stands. And yeah, we, we need too many of these, these swing games just go against us and we lose all momentum. So um, certainly Friday night was one of those where we had a chance to really build the, the fan base and keep them coming but I think a win here could could get get people back and uh, needs to happen. It 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 needs to, it needs to. We need to get that monkey off our back with with Boise State. But again, this this is a staff and this is this is a group of guys that there's not going to be that Boise mystique that comes in here. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, think about two years ago. I mean, the game you and I went to. You know, we drove up there together. In the snow, we drive down, score a touchdown, we're up on them. I think we even got a stop. And then it was just like, uh, it's Boise. And we ended up losing, what, 24-7 or something like that? Yeah. I mean, luckily, the it was warm in the, uh, you know, the OCR. But, yeah. you know, it, it seriously, it's just one of those games that we lost because we played Boise. Right. Yeah, you know that, that a lot of a lot of teams they they'll do that. You you lose before you even step on the field because it's that Boise mystique. And quite honestly, they they have earned that. They've earned that. Oh yeah, they've beaten teams that they 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 made a habit of beating teams that they shouldn't. They beat they beat all the teams that they should, um, and they've beaten us ten straight times, eleven straight times. So ten ten straight times. So eleventh try is this Saturday. Uh, we also got uh, the first. Men's basketball game, exhibition game against Adam State Sunday. So that's exciting. Mike, real quickly before we wrap up here, um, I, I don't follow this as closely as you do, but um, CSU, so- CSU soccer plays Wyoming tonight. And we're recording this Thursday, uh, Thursday evening. But uh, they have clinched a spot already in the Mount West Championship Tournament, right? So what? how does that work? Is it six teams that make it? Yeah, so so with the Mountain West, they take not everybody qualifies, and so they take the top six teams. This will be the first 
this just the second time in program history that we qualified for the Mountain West tournament. Unfortunately, I, you know, I just looked, we're down three, one to the pokes still 12 minutes left. So hopefully we get a couple, but a huge shout out to Ali Yoshida, a freshman she scored her first goal. It was, it was a Galazzo. It was, it was a view, you know, from all the negative that happened that first game with what, you know, what went on with CU and Boulder to just putting their head down and grinding and, and qualifying for the Mountain West tournament. That's huge. That, that that's huge and, and huge tip of the cap to coach Hagen for really changing the culture yeah. around in this program. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the future of, of CSU football. Yep. CSU footy. <laughs> All right. All right, Michael, anything else? We'll wrap this up here and we'll look forward to uh, seeing you up in Fort Collins on Saturday. Should be a great, should be a great day. Weather looks pretty good and, should be a glorious day on campus. Yeah, we got we got tamales, making carne adivada and uh, chicken fajita, and of course beer. So, all can't right, beat it. everyone's invited. It's uh, lot four twenty five. It's the library slash health center lot. Usually, it's the uh, RV, pretty much the, the furthest north RV in that lot, right? Yep, exactly. The whole row of RVs that, that runs alongside the the health center. Look for Mike's. Mike's and and Biggs and Tall, uh, the Andres brothers look for their uh, RV on the north side there. But uh, thanks, Michael. And Joel's uh, right next to us all the time. So yeah. So anyway, look forward to, to hopefully getting a win. We'll talk with Joe Parker on Monday. Hey, if you got any questions you want us to ask him, send an email to me, staff at ramnation.com, or just post on the message board. We'll be sure to ask them. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Let's beat Boise State Friday or Saturday night. Let's get out and support the men's hoops team and their exhibition on, on Sunday afternoon on, ha- on Halloween. Go Rams. Go Rams. Go Rams.